What's going on, everybody? It's John Boy and Jake Radio. It's May 28th. It's episode 219. Max Scherzer drops a bomb. Trevor Bauer calls out Scott Boris. Hitler's alligator died. Uh, What? Jake's hair looks great. His shirt looks better. It's John Boy and Jake. Whoa, actually, when you went down into lean to your right again, it kind of looks like an on-purpose, like, yeah. vlog squad Bieber flow. Uh, welcome to John Boy and Jake right Nice hair. Yeah, you know, there's a couple things going on. Oh, oh <laughs> as I let that John Boy Jake radio thing go on, my beautiful girlfriend Jessica walked by and pretended to smash her face in with a book she was reading. Nice. Um, yeah, I a uh, couple things. I thought about going topless today for the people uh, mm-hmm. because the interstate is an ugly place right now. Um some very serious stuff, cops killing people, uh, to lesser serious stuff of baseball, people fighting, and, you know, the sport I love being dead for a year and a half or coming back in a month. <laughs> um, so I, I thought that maybe me not being clothed could help some people. Um, there's one, like, kind of pimple around the nipple area that I mm. popped, and I thought that might get too much attention. Um, and then I looked at my hair and I, I kind of thought it was giving me wild thing vibes, but it also looks, it looks like, it looks like a look from certain angles. You know, I saw that the first couple angles I saw, it didn't look like a look, but then some other angles it did, uh, you know, you know, you got like Kramer from one way and then you have, you know, a guy. Oh, the dude who makes those faces, the Joey Mullinari. Yeah. That's his hair, and you were just making his face. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, uh, uh, next time you're thinking about leaving yoga class early, just say uh, namaste. Yeah, it's a pretty good impression of him doing an impression of, like, a classic person. I think I'm going to comment on one of his videos at some point. I think Ben, Ben Polizzi. Um, and I think I'm, uh, when he does, when I have a fit, maybe today's the day. Maybe if he posts something now, I'll do it during the show. But I think I'm just going to comment like a picture of myself making one of his faces and say like, hey, if you ever need like a short, fat cousin for a skit or something, let me know. What's his Twitter um, handle? I think it's like Ben... Ben P. Yeah, Ben Polizzi. Okay. Yeah, because he in like, yeah, that's his hair, man. That's it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What's a couple up, handsome Italian girls, so. Yeah. David? Good hair. Talking Giant shirt looks good good on you. Talking Giants hoodie. Oh yeah, what about this mug? Good mug too. Nah, I, I changed all our mugs. I was very disappointed when they arrived, so we're they're better now. Like okay, I, I don't know why the logo isn't here. Like every other mug in the world, mm, you don't that, like it on the on the bow of the ship or the yeah, stern. Yeah, you know, 
first I was like, these are wrong. And then Katie was like, no, all mugs have it on the center. And, I, and then we went to our mug cabinet and it was like the most, well, I was like the most right I've ever been. So we changed them all. So if you see this mug and be like, why is the logo so big? And on the end, we fixed it. Now there's a little small guy right here, a little small guy right there. I kind of like it that way, man. I'm breaking the mold, dude. No, you you want to be holding it like this, and the camera sees it right there to show people. No. To show people like this is so stupid. They're they're different, so you can't. This you is do our a wrap around. Yeah, I like it different. Damn. So those yeah. are gone. Fix that. Yeah, fix it. Had Bill fix it immediately. Fuck. I'll have Bill upload upload one for you and me, BBD. Love that talking Giants hoodie. Miller Lite shirt doing it today. How are you doing, James? Very happy I found my Miller Lite shirt. You know, this yeah. was my most worn shirt for a long time. It found my found it way, its way to the bottom of the pile. So I was like, I think I lost my Miller Lite shirt. But I didn't. So I was very happy about that. I'm doing well, man. It's Thursday. This week's kind of like a weird week. It's dragging on. I'm excited for next week. It's going to be a normal Monday through Friday because like two weeks in a row now, I've been all lost on what day it is, how I'm supposed to feel, where we're at in the week and stuff like that. But I stayed up late last night, which uh, I've been pretty good on my sleeping schedule, but I stayed up to one. So I thought maybe I'd sleep in. Yeah. I didn't. I'm great. Did the morning show. I'm happy. Morning show kind of, it quit out on me at the end, but I don't know if I told you Katie built a bookshelf. So my visual in here is better now. I'm good. Doing yes. great. Did you do anything last night? Not really. Uh, late night myself was up till like 2.30 or so. Um, and that's that's just the baseball skeezies. I'll have that for another week, week and a half. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We're in a show hole, uh, like that old commercial used to say. Um, so I don't know. And the brain just doesn't, didn't want to fully operate. Like couldn't even, couldn't even put together the brain power to watch Friday night lights, like just the storylines and the characters. I watched an old John Mulaney stand up new in town. I mean, it's a classic. Oh, wow. Um, it's, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've seen it a few times, but there's, there's a couple good jokes in there. Some good self deprecating stuff, uh, by him. And uh, yeah, I, th I think definitely, you know, him, him and Seinfeld, I think they still have, you know, stand-up deliveries, and Mulaney talks like this, but he he does have the conversationalist going on, and he kind of makes fun of his voice, so I think he can spin off of it pretty well. Uh, John Mulaney, new in town, is I, I don't know if it's an all-timer, but uh, for for that time period, it's an all-timer. Is that the "What's up, pussycat" bit? Um, the, ju the jukebox? I, no. Oh, okay. I never liked, I never, I've never, I tried a John Mulaney one, but you know me, I'm not that big into stand-up comedy anyway. Yeah. And he very much is like that kind of stand-up comedian where I think that's the style I don't like. Maybe I'll have to give it another shot to try it out. New in, new in town is, uh, is pretty good. Um, I mean, the, and it's titled appropriately for a stand-up, which I feel like you rarely see. Like he's kind of got his, his big joke revolves around being new in town. And you're like, oh, like you can kind of piece it together. A lot of stand-ups are kind of just have a random title or that weird intro thing that throws you off. 
but yeah, some good self-deprecating stuff. Some jokes that I don't know if they still like fully play. Like he's, I think he's 28 in the sketch and he's like a really young looking face guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and he talks like this and he's kind of quirky. And he, (laughs) at one point, I think he just goes like, you know, the weird thing is, and you're probably all thinking about it too, is like, am I gay? And I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Dude, someone. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just good. And it's also like. I think his timing and his delivery are good enough that he's he does some controversial jokes that um like I don't think they're gonna age that well, but I think they're still good enough for now. All right. Everyone go check it out. Someone said they've been watching a lot of Norm McDonald lately in the chat. Love Norm McDonald. Mm. Friend love, of the family. Love Norm McDonald. Uh dude, I was cracking me up myself up on Twitter because someone reached out and I tagged you and it said, Hey John Boy, you seem like the type of guy who plays a show but plays GM mode instead of the actual game. I said, nah, you're looking for Jake, right? Because I don't play video games. And you do that. You like GM mode more than playing the game, yeah. which I think a lot of people do. And, and then someone responded and said, are you a big movie watcher or is your life just watching old sporting events? And I said, wow, you're looking for talking Jake again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a 50-50 though. I mean, you're the first half of that sentence. I am a big movie watcher. Yeah. The assumption is, are you, or that I, the assumption there is not a movie watcher just watching old sports, which is more you than me. I think it's an either or question. Like, mm. are you a big movie watcher or do you like old sporting events? Movie watcher. Well, not even. Movie I, like, I like shows more than movies. The chef movie pod. I know. And we started doing shows. I didn't really like movies that much. They're too, uh, I like uh, being in for the deep stuff. Movies, it's hard to find. Movies are rarely good these days, I feel like. I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's not true. I just don't dive into them. I like shows better. Anyway, uh, The Challenge was great last night. I know you're you're interested. The uh, Actually, three people left because someone got hurt, and then it was a double elimination. And you know what? All the storylines that I'm interested in are leaving, so that kind of sucks. Like, you know... Bear left, Jordan left, Tori left, Jenna left, Kayla left. And like I, not that I like those people, but I'm interested in their drama more. So it's a bunch of new people. There's this dude, Josh, talks like he's deaf, is so dumb, just so immensely dumb. And uh, I need him off the show and not invited back. Like not, I don't enjoy his Damn. drama. Yeah, he's so dumb. He's trying to make so a rivalry with Wes. And he was like, Wes... You know, I know you're gunning for me. And Wes was like, I'm not. We're not a thing. I don't care about you. We're not a rivalry. And kind of, and like, you know, Josh was like, oh my God. He was like, why would I have a rivalry with a player that's so weak? I want to keep you here and just beat you. And it was like, very matter of fact. And it was like, Wes is right. So then Wes nominates people for the elimination and he doesn't nominate Josh because they're not a rivalry. And he doesn't care and josh is like oh i can't believe he didn't nominate me and it's like dude he doesn't care about you so he's annoying but that was funny scene. okay no mass singer for you guys did you try something new no uh no brain power like i was saying um couldn't couldn't muster up friday night lights um just to even keep up with the characters and the stories there um 
So yeah, we'll see. I think we saw, like we built we built a foundation for the weekend. I think there was, I think I think there's a new Netflix documentary on uh, that rich guy. That did, oh, Epstein. Um, yeah. So J- Jess wants to watch that, and I'm in on that too. Sure. Uh, but like that's like we're not gonna watch that during the week. That's not gonna. That's gonna be like a Saturday afternoon. What do we do? Type deal. Um, so I know. No, I know up. nothing about him. What? What? Who is Epstein? All I know is the meme. Like he didn't kill himself, and people say that. I've never been interested enough to like search. Who is he? For what I know, and I mean BVDs are expert on this. Um, but he's just kind of like a guy for rich people. And when I say a guy, I mean like pretty sketchy stuff. Like I think he. would He'd like fly people to this private island and they'd like have sex with whoever they want and stuff. And I think he was just like, uh, if he's a rich guy, he's the guy you kind of want in your back pocket because he'll he'll do stuff. Um, And uh, I think that's like the whole thing of why he got killed and it's not on tape is because he has dirt on a lot of rich people. Did I what did I miss? BBD. Oh, he was he was like supposed to to testify soon against people or something and then died. And I'm the last person that should really be asked about it. But yeah, he's okay. So show expert on Jeffrey Epstein, BBD. No, he knows like every rich and like very famous person. And it's all bad stuff basically is, is what I gather. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know any of that. I just knew people were saying, I thought people were defending him by saying like, it wasn't, a suicide. Well, he was like kind of clearly assassinated yes. by somebody, but it kind of could have been either side of the aisle because uh, he was friends with people on both sides, and uh, mm. everyone was going to his. Yeah, he was a uh, he was basically aisle. a pimp for rich people with underage girls. Yeah, it was like very clearly that <laughs> when he was detained, that he wasn't going to live to talk about it. <laughs> and when you think about that there's like that kind of stuff in our society. It makes a lot of the other stuff make more sense. Cool. I didn't know any of that. I don't know if I'm interested in that documentary. It seems sad. Yeah, it's probably not exciting. I mean, he's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they did it because like BBD said, I mean, he's connected, you know, there's pictures of him with Trump. There's pictures of him with the Clintons. There's pictures of him with a lot of very high up people. So I wonder if they're, there is a motive behind it or if it is just getting the the story out. But yeah, that's, that's on the watch list this weekend. And I feel like we saw another show we're interested in. Um, God, I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Well, dude, I forgot to put this. I put it in the banter section. Bubak texted me, said he has the lyrics written for the John Boy and Jake radio theme song. He wants to find people that can play music to make the music. So if any listeners out there are instrumentally inclined, can play instruments, uh, get in touch with Bubak because he's got theme lyrics for an intro song. So this was said, I put it out on the show and we'll just get the band together, you know? Yeah, that's that's pretty huge. If nobody does, I mean, I guess we got the piano here and stuff, but I'd, I'd like to leave it to the people. Peter, you suck. Peter, you suck. Peter, you don't do a thing of value. Let's go to the sports.
What is up, Jemima O'Boniel? Around the NFL, we have some fun news, news that's been rumored around the NFL for a while to hopefully um, add some juice to the end of games, making a 4th and 15 onside kick rule. So say if you scored a touchdown and then you're down a touchdown with a minute left instead of doing an onside kick, you'd have one 4th and 15 play uh, from your own like 30 yard line. I don't know. Something to spice up the game could be interesting. They've, they've rumored this for a while. Uh, we'll see what happens with that basketball is pushing off their hall of fame induction, which kind of sucks. I mean, this is supposed to be a big one. This is supposed to be Kobe one, but with everything going on, I think I kind of like it. Like let's, let's, uh, it'd be nice to see that be an event and not just a zoom meeting or something like that. Baseball World Jimmy Minor League Park down in Pensacola. Uh, you can Airbnb it, uh, and we want to do that pretty bad. We'll see what that ends up looking like. Um, and then the baseball news takes a turn from there. As you know, the owner's offer uh, wasn't really an offer yet again. Uh, and then Scherzer drops a bomb online, basically saying that they're not going to counter offer. And then all the rumors after that from the beat reporters are about the players counter offering. So there's that Trevor Bauer calls out Boris, uh, saying agents shouldn't interfere while speaking with his girlfriend agent and baseball is in a scary place right now, but it's not as scary as the rest of the world. So we put that into view, but it still makes me sad. All right, sports. How about it? Uh, sports are coming back slowly but surely. Maybe not baseball, but this fourth and fifteen proposal. I'm kind of surprised that it's being accepted at a hand. Like you know, it it got seven to one votes. Giants. John Mara was the only one that voted no. Because it's as gimmicky as it comes. Like, you know, having a rule that can only be done once and only can done in the fourth quarter is we're talking, you know, this is backyard football on Thanksgiving with your cousins and your brothers and someone makes an impromptu rule because the other team is, you know, dominating or something. But it, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be weird. I do think it's incredibly gimmicky. Yeah, there's a couple moving parts that got us here to make it less gimmicky. So they did all the health and safety stuff on kickoffs. Yeah. Um, about running starts and you can only have a certain amount of players on each side of the kick and things like that. So onside kick numbers have gone down. Like I feel like it used to be twenty percent, which was kind of like a good number for onside kicks. <laughs> It, it was kind of this kind of sweet area for onside kicks where it was, you're not likely to get it, but you do have a chance. And then I think the numbers have dropped drastically. It's like 5% or something like that. Um, so the onside kick, which should be an exciting play, shouldn't provide you with a ton of opportunity, but kind of should be a must-watch moment, kind of wasn't a must-watch moment anymore. So what the NFL can do is they can point at the player safety stuff and they can say, I mean, it, what this is, is it can make the games more exciting and it can lead to more points. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's teams licking their chops right now. I think when when this was originally tweeted out by someone, Patrick Mahomes replied to it because, I mean, fourth and 15 is kind of a normal play for him. Like he mm -hmm. can 
he can zip a pass in there. Um, so I think that is the interesting thing. Like if you have one of the elite, elite quarterbacks, this is another huge advantage for you. And I think there were different rumors. Like you could only do it twice a game or something Once. like that. Once. Um, they, well, I know they, there's been different rumors um, of, of how they want to do it. Last night was twice in regulation and you can't do it in overtime. Yeah. Um, so, so they're talking about different ways to do it and you know, Hey, it could lead to more strategy. If you get the two times a game, do you want to do it, um, in the second quarter to try to, to try to keep the dogs on? Do you just try to save them for later if you need them? Um, I don't know. Uh, the, the NFL has been moving towards this. I, I think kicking has become more boring and like just the safety sides of it have been <laughs> horrifying for years when you have people fully sprinting at each other. So uh, I don't know. I, I think there definitely is a gimmick side to it, but I think that gimmick side goes away when a rule like this is implemented and then you're five years later and you just accept it as the norm. The So, all right. The It says that the Broncos proposed this, so your team, and yes, the sir. Giants said no to it. So, wow, dividing lines. Yeah, pretty nasty. Once per game and during the fourth quarter only, and you have to state your intent right away. You can't line up for fourth and 15 and then punt it. You have to go through right. with the play. Even if there's a holding penalty and now you're pushed back 10 yards and it's fourth and and 35, you still have to, you still can't punt it, which that seems like that's going to get sloppy. Yeah, and I mean, hey, Jim, think about what we're watching in baseball right now. this uh, That's the proposal from the Broncos. I know me and BBD, is a, the big one that was circling was the twice-a-game rumor. They need to figure out the details for this, and whatever they do the first year, they're probably going to make an addendum the second year, third year, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think eventually, you know, it's it'll be kicking is leaving the sport in a lot of different fashions. And I uh, I don't know. I mean, there's... There would be good juice, I mean, on a 4th and 15 in, in any big game or if your team has it. I mean, that's a must-watch play. They uh, Someone said, can you score on the 4th and 15 or is it just you get the 15 and then then you have... But I'm guessing you can score. I'm guessing... Yeah, live play. I don't know the... So when the onside kick was in its heyday and it was attainable and it was exciting, like what percent clip do you think it happened on? And then I would take that percentage, you know, hey, we want to get back to this percentage, but be safe, and then find fourth and long percentage. Because it seems like fourth and 15 is much easier to attain than an onside kick, even when onside kicks were uh, attainable, not like last season where only the Falcons could do them. So, yeah, let's, okay, you know what I've got a chart. I've got a chart. Let's see if this has any, oh God, that's like a nerdy chart. Let's see. Uh, onside kick rate success probability. Oh God, these charts are so bad. These, what are these win probability charts? I don't care about this. Um. Oh, okay. So here's a chart we're talking about. So fourth and fifteens, um, in the NFL have had a sixteen point five percent success rate. Um, I think they're calling it third and fourth down. So they're they're adding both of them. And onside kicks. Let's Why would see they add both? Tri- That's bullshit. Onside kicks would be 13.2%. Um, but like, when are these numbers from? Okay, clicking. Ooh, sure this they, is I'm sure end- someone did the math on this, but I just think, you know, try and make it 
in my brain, fourth and 15 is easier than an onside kick. But if it's not, especially right after a touchdown, like say you take the defense the length of the field and then they're gassed and now you can just like fucking bomb your fast receivers down there and throw it up, it seems easier than an onside and kick. And that's what... That's where I think there could be some fun strategy, right? Like, say you have a 12-play drive, you know, 80 yards, you jam it down their throat. I think there's a lot of coaches out there that are like, hey, we're up 7 nothing. We just exhausted them. Let's run it back. Like, you could you could kind of put a, a game on its head. I got, a, I got some stats. I think it's from an NFL website. I'll put it in the notes there if you want to click around in it. It's actually got, like, every chart and everything <laughs> we'd want. Um but it's better to do live, baby. All right. I got the chart here. Some decent charts for what we like. Where's the chart party? Shout out John Boyce, I think is his name. Very similar to mine. Call it, call it chart party. What I happens like on third party. and fourth down? Okay. So percentage <laughs> of. What if it just lo- said football? What is it? What am I looking at here? Defensive stop. So red is first down on the play. Okay. So distance. Okay. So fourth and 15 is this one. And it's around 25%. So it looks like we've got the blue area. So we've got two penalty areas there. Hey, chart makers, get do-over out of my face. Yeah, do-over's tough on the chart care about a do-over tough on the chart still appreciate the chart there's level there's layers there it's a good chart it's not bad chart so yeah so it's around 25 percent. yeah I, I just i i think the funny thing is like okay say you're um well let's go both ends of the spectrums if you're the bears and your offense is terrible I mean, your fourth down and 15 success rate is going to be miserable. And it's like, what plays do you even try to draw up? Um, If you have Mahomes, obviously, it's like, hey, find a hole. He's going to throw it as hard as he possibly can. Um, But also a team like the Ravens that's trying to kind of cook the books a little bit. And like they have a power running game and they're a threat in a lot of different ways. Like if I'm the Ravens, I'm pretty bummed out. Like our offense is, you know, we're going to get eight yards every play. And that that doesn't help you. What if what if they pre-plan for this? You know, like they just run like uh, just like four verticals three times before the touchdown. I guess you'd have to be pretty far out to guarantee a touchdown. Okay, McCombs scrambles, and the wide receivers just want run wind sprints back and forth on the end zone. Just all. Then the next play, just rush it in. And then you do this, and you just attack the corners and the safeties that were just running wind sprints. You bring in a new uh, speed guy, wide receiver. Just bomb them down the field. I mean, Coach John Boy, it feels like you've got it. You've got it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching Grant a lot, so I'm kind of pretty good with military strategy right now. So the first play is the play before the touchdown. Mm -hmm. You just have the wide receivers run the wind sprints as long as possible. Gas them. Yeah. And then you run it in for a yard, mm-hmm. the touchdown. And then the the onside kick after the extra point, you have a fresh wide receiver that you didn't use on the sprint play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just you have, have like a Devin Hester X, you know, just like okay, speed guy, not a great wide receiver, but 
you put the stick on his hands and you just say, yeah. hey, we just gassed these guys for you. Go deep. Those guys are gassed. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually called the gas. You saw the play. play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Damn. running wind sprints in the back. McComb, you know, just. You have been watching Grant. Yeah, yeah. I got to rewatch yesterday's. But been watching Grant. Been had Grant. Been. Sound effect. Next story. Trevor Bauer uh, calls out Boris. I don't know, man. This is like Boris is. Boris is looking out for the players. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why Trevor Bauer's mad. I also like, you know, I've met Bauer. He was a nice guy. I, I like, I think I like a lot of what he does. And I, I told him that sometimes I, when I, I did content with momentum and they said, well, how do you feel about Trevor Bauer? And I said, I think it's great that he talks uh, on behalf of the players. Sometimes I wish there was a player with an opposing view that talked just as loud as he did. Cause I don't think he talks for all the players right. all the time. I said that right to momentum. So, um, like, People are like, Boris just takes after Boris. Well, the way Boris takes after Boris is by taking after the players. He doesn't get paid yeah. if the pay- players don't get paid. And and I, don't, I just don't get... And then Bauer like didn't give any specifics and then said they were all rumors. So it's like, what are you upset about? Wouldn't you yeah, want man. Boris meddling in this? Like, I know people dislike yes. Boris, but to, like I think you would want him heavily involved in this. Like, if there's... If there is a man, if you pulled people and said, who is the guy around around baseball that's trying to get players as much money as possible, it's Scott Boris. <laughs> I mean, he's like known as the money agent. Like when when a guy from your team signs with Scott Boris, you almost get nervous. Like he's going to leave and get more money. Yeah. Um, so I think with what we're trying to do here, I think a Boris's involvement is fine. I think B he hasn't overstepped his boundary at all. Like not even close. Like we've, we've been pretty close to the pulse of this. Has there been a moment when it's been like, Hey, you know, uh, ease up Boris or like, I don't think there's even been a moment of confusion, you know? I don't know. It seemed, it seemed very flippant tweet by Bauer and I don't think he's doubled or tripled down on it or anything. I haven't checked in, but whatever. I I think he did. I think, and I think this is the irony of it. And I, I don't want to take credit and I also don't want to throw Trevor Plouffe on the bus, but I will take a little credit, but like, I think he followed up this morning with an, with like doing an interview about the situation with his agent, uh, who also happens to be his girlfriend. So it's like, allegedly there, there's some, there's some kind of look in the mirror stuff with Bauer that he obviously misses. Um, and in a lot of the stuff he says, so yeah, I, I don't know. Seemed, uh, seemed a lot of left field and Hey, honestly, with everything that happened after that, I feel like it's almost forgotten in the baseball world. And it was just like, what the hell was that? Yeah. He didn't like follow it up. He just said, didn't know he had a Twitter account hearing a lot of rumors about a certain player agent meddling in the MLBPA affairs. So he didn't name them. If true, and at this point, there are only rumors. I have one thing to say. Scott Boris, though then he named him. Rep your clients however you want, but keep your damn personal agenda out of union business. I mean, union business is his agenda. That's all yeah. intermingled. So I don't know, whatever. I don't really get, there's got to be a bigger history. There's something there. But uh, anyway, the big news is that Scherzer 
Scherzer, who's part of the union, basically like the top top brass of player representatives, dropped a dropped a little bomb and and uh, said, you know, hey, we you're not going to break us. We have a backbone, and we're not even going to acknowledge that shitty deal that you just offered until uh, you know we're not going to do that until you open the books. Um, I'm trying to find the actual, we all, everyone in the history of tw- baseball Twitter quote tweeted it yesterday. After discussing the latest developments with the rest of the players, there's no reason to engage with MLB in any further compensation reductions. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of the prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based on the current information the union has received. I'm glad to hear other players voicing the same viewpoint and believe MLB's economic strategy would completely change if all documentation were to become public information. So, one, it's again a non-starter. We're going to act like you didn't even send that. We're not going to acknowledge it at all. Two, if you want to prove that you that we need to take a, if you want us to believe we need to take a pay cut, open your books and show them to us. Because a lot of these teams, you've been profitable, super incredibly profitable for the last five years. We didn't see any surplus of money coming our way. We didn't see any revenue split there. So why, when you lose money, now it's our hit. But when you gain money, it's not our hit. Our salaries haven't even been increasing. Fair. And Jake, I know this is scary. And we all were like, oh, shit. I am proud of the union for not, for like, galvanizing and having a backbone because clearly, and we talked all about this on Talking Baseball, clearly that offer was a union-busting offer. Like the MLB only did that, and I did this in, in full on Talking Baseball, they only did that to try and break up the union. There was no point in them prevent providing a sliding scale and saying richer players are going to get less and, and poorer players you know, are going to get more. They're, the only reason they would ever do that is to play games and try to union bust. So I'm, I'm so happy that the union is saying, okay, we're not even going to look at that because you're not going to break us with it. And right after this Scherzer tweet, we do get the news that the union did make their own proposal, which, which then that was like, okay, thank God. Because I thought if they were yeah. just going to like sit back and keep the ball in MLB's court and say, we're ready for your next one, I'd be like, come on, guys. That's bad. But the fact that they counterproposed their own, we still got movement. Yes, and and you're absolutely right. Uh, amongst amongst all fear of not playing baseball and, and the sadness that that would bring to my soul, it was good to see the players' union come back with that. Because you and let's be honest, you and I are new to this. Um, as adult fans that are entrenched in the game, we haven't seen a labor negotiation like this, or or cared about a labor negotiation like this. So we kind of didn't know the next step. Like I, I was wondering if the players were going to just almost say no and be like 81 games prorated salary. Like that is the offer. Like, I didn't know if that was going to be the game, but Jim, as you'll know, on talking baseball, I laid out the three option strategy and it seems very clear. We're in option one that these are just nasty fucking negotiations. Mm -hmm. Um, and the players coming back and saying, actually let's play a hundred plus games right after the owners came out with the report saying we're we're going to lose x amount of dollars per game played i mean that's some 
Uh, I mean, as the kids would have said a couple years ago, that's like savage counter proposal, which again, there's excitement in like a hardcore negotiation. You understand how some people get their rocks off on that. The part that's horrifying is that the sides are miles apart. And in theory, this is supposed to be done in a, the next four days. And we've gotten this far in two months. So that's the part that I don't get, Jim, because... I feel like anytime labor negotiations get discussed, there has always been a little bit of like, which side won? And, you know, at the time you're guessing a little bit and you're looking at different things. With the most recent one, it's kind of been like, yo, the players lost because they put in that kind of fake salary cap, the luxury tax, mm -hmm. and teams didn't abide by it. And there's some payer, payer, player pay stuff that came out kind of fishy. And, it, you know, I, I feel like when we've done this in the past, like 1994, 1995, there's books written about it and stuff. And you can find out from knowledgeable old guys in baseball that lived through it. Old guys and gals, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you could get some of the stories on it. But, dude, this is the age of social media. And all of this has been laid out in front of fans that wanted the information. Like, if you're a baseball fan that's been tracking this, you know the owners came out and said, "Hey, why don't you guys pay for a play for a quarter of the pay?" And now with his new players offer, it's the players are saying, "No, pay us, pay us more, let's play more." That if this does get solved, which a lot of people are still highly optimistic about, like the winners and losers of this deal are going to be very well known, and I don't know if either side is ready to deal with that. You mean like individual individual winners and losers or just the union versus the, the... Just like if this ends, there will be people will be saying the players held out and won or the owners lost. And like you and I have kind of been leaning, it feels like, and the Scherzer point you mentioned in there about opening the books feels like something the players have found and they know they can hammer home. Because we're also talking about the long game here with the next CBA. The owners are not going to open their books. Uh, if, they do, gives... if they do, they just open the Fugazi version of their books. They'd need like an auditor there to, you know, like, you know, it would be a whole to do. Right. And that's that's where I think they've already, quote unquote, opened their books, but they've only released certain information. Mm -hmm. If they fully open their books of how they made money for the next CBA, that would give the players the most ammunition you can possibly have. So, again, it just feels like the owners and, and like BBD hinted to in his most recent tweet, you know, they've been making their money throughout the years. This would be the year that they'd have to bite the bullet. And. I just don't know enough about the situation to know if that's going to happen. Because, yeah, I, I mean, the players are doubling down, which, like you said, was cool to see. <laughs> it's also a little scary. Yeah, I, it's very scary. But I, I, I thought I was, I was like, oh, no baseball. Like Scherzer just said, no baseball. If they, if the union wasn't going to send a proposal of their own, which you know, last episode on talking baseball, we said like, hey, union, like you make a proposal. Quit letting them play yeah. these games and, and you, know, you play a fucking game, you know, get in the game. So they did. And I like the, the, I like the player strategy. They're saying, Hey, if you're going to, if you're going to make less money because there's less games or you're going to make money because there's less games and no fans fucking give it 20 more games per team, you know, which is, yeah. 
a lot of games. No one can do the math. 20 times 15. Nobody can do that. That's impossible. So, uh, and then, you know, they'll probably come down. And then, and then it's so interesting that Trev's little theory was that the owners actually don't want to play a lot of games. They, they right. want to play the least amount of games. So it, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm happy that the union made a proposal themselves. And then we'll go from here. We'll see. And I think the other thing, and this is kind of opening the curtain a little bit, Jim, is that, you know, we try to do as neutral as a baseball podcast we can. I mean, we get blinded with fandom and we'll tweet out like Glaber Torres is the best player in the league. And that's because he's on the Yankees and we like watching him play. Um, but with oh. this, we've we've tried to be, you know, kind of fair about it. And we've kind of been sitting here like, I don't know, man. Like, it seems like this is on the owners and that if I was a player and I was supposed to make $10 million and now you're telling me I'm going to make $2 million um, and I have to risk like being out there with coronavirus and shit like that. Like I was kind of siding with the players. Like I was getting both sides of the argument or at least the best I thought. And the players coming back with this counteroffer kind of was, is, you know, kind of backing our thoughts a little bit. And again, we're new to this, so we're gathering our thoughts like everyone else. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've tried to be fair, and there's there's times where, like, you know, I understand that I've been saying the, the owners, if they're going to take a hit every game, if it is 200K lost every time they open their doors without fans, then fuck. Why would you do that? Um, you know, but there's yeah. franchise value. I, I just... The owner just the owner the the Manfred and the MLB just put a bad taste in my mouth the way their first two offers were and how they were they were clearly calculated to start a fight or or divide ranks amongst the opponent then finding a middle ground and just kind of like proposals in bad faith leaking to the media in bad faith and that's where I've been a little kind of like ugh you know. I was pulling for you a little bit and been telling people how I think, you know, you got to make money. You're not going to just take a loss. These are, but, but the way, especially the, the sliding pay scale, when there's no reason to tell the, tell the union how the, how it would get divvied up. So whatever. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, uh, and we and have a player it's... jumping on the, on talking baseball today for an emergency pod. Cause players are, they just want to get stuff off their chest. So look out for that. Yeah. Keep, keep an eye out for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just sucks like negotiations like have to go that way, whether, whether it's the one guy that pisses you off in your fantasy league or whatever it is like, let's cut through the, you trying to rip me off deal. And if you actually, if you actually want to make something work, let's put something in the ballpark that makes sense. You have Mm -hmm. logic. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Do you think, um, I'd say the one thing that, uh, I don't know. Do you think this is going to kick into gear for June 1st? Do you think, um, like they're gonna, they're going to push this out till like June 10th, the actual kind of fake spring training date. Do you think kind of, and I guess that's what Trevor Plouffe was just saying, our guy that, um, maybe all those dates are becoming arbitrary because the owners want to play less games. Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know this. They can snap their fingers and get guys at camp in three days. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like the that part's going to take forever. They're ready. Players, when Trev said the June 10th date a month ago, that was because 
teams were telling their players, get ready June 10th. Make sure, ready, you're, in, yeah. make sure you're in condition. So we'll see. I don't know. And if, if you're the Pirates front office and you're listening, Cole Tucker will be there on the 11th if you guys figure things out. Mm-hmm. And just so, understand that. Just get that part of it, and we'll talk I need to you like, about it. You know, uh, you know how we're on Cameo now? Yes. Is Cole Tucker on Cameo? I pay once a day to just have him yeah. hype me up, like every morning. Like, just like imagine waking up from a, a video message from Cole Tucker. Just, you know. Get after it. Have fun. Crush it. God. Okay. Yeah. Is he on there? Couple things. Yeah. Um, Ben Polizzi just tweeted, so I think I'm gonna take a picture of myself. Okay. Um, and then I have a Cole Tucker story, but I think it's for halftime. But I'm I'm clicking on Cameo right now to see if see if he's on there. Okay, well we're not at halftime yet because there is this minor league team in Pensacola, Florida that's renting out their stadium. Right. On Airbnb, you texted this to us over Memorial Day weekend. Let me I'll put the the stuff on the screen. You texted Cole this Tucker to- is on there. Uh, Fifty four dollars. I don't know if I can do that every day. Yeah, that might be tight. But maybe I don't know. We'll have to see. We're gonna have to really. This think might be about a halftime thing. Like once a month. Yeah. Um. All right, so this gym membership. This is what you can do in Pensacola, Florida at the Blue Wahoos Stadium. You it's fifteen hundred a night and you have access to the field, the clubhouse, the batting cage. Um yeah, it's fifteen hundred a night. What is it? What do you have? That's uh 10 guests, one bedroom, 10 beds, three shared baths. Guests staying at the ballpark will have full access to the newly renovated fully. Anyway, I, I'm my immediate response was, where's Pensacola? And then my immediate response to that was, it's in Florida. You know that, Jimmy. Why'd you even ask? Gotta my, know that one. What? Gotta know that one. I knew it. You know, I just, you know, asked yeah. before I actually thought. So, and then my response was, if this was anywhere within driving distance, John Boy Media team would be having an outing at some point whenever health says we can in New York and go spend the day, night at a minor league team. So, like, what teams are by us? Like, let's just let everyone know, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Cyclones, Staten Island Yankees. um, Who else is in here? Trenton Thunder, even. Lakewood Blue yeah. Claws. You guys uh you guys open this up. Dude, we, we could probably talk to the Thunder and do something like this <laughs> off of Airbnb. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We're friendly with them. <laughs> oh yeah, we had a deal with them already. <laughs> BBD, can someone write Oops. that down? Like let's, write that down, BBD. Can we do that, Jake? Can we send them an email? Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, that needs to happen. Oh, the Hartford Yard Goats? Gilly Yard Goats. Stop at uh Gilly Yard Goats. <laughs> Not necessarily our friends, yeah. <laughs> Gilly Yard Goats. No, they like brag about the fact that I used to run a parody account now. They oh t- yeah, that's right. Okay. They've tweeted out like, yeah, John Boy used to run a parody account about us. And they're like all happy about it. So we could do Hartford, dude, because then we can stop in New Britain and get Veggie World. 
Veggie World, that's important. I was thinking maybe like say hi to my mom along the way. But yeah, Veggie World. The veggie World. Go say, to to your, go, go say hi to your ex-girlfriend. What was her name? Yasmina. 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 You still have her phone I miss, number? I miss her every day. No, I didn't even save it like when we were in college. <laughs> Halftime. That was one of those like too risky to save. Yeah, you would have got drunk and texted her. Yeah, can't just be drunk, drunk texting Yasmina all the time. Veggie World, um, BBD, great sandwiches. When we were in college, it was five bucks flat for like a foot long sandwich that they would hammer with fresh veggies and fresh meat and a can of soda or a bottle of water. Five bucks flat, no change. Then they changed well, Jim, it to $5.25. They did, they did up, they, yeah, they did up it um, yeah, they, that quarter. Which they changed it to $5.25. And then, you know, it was all Eastern European... It's like an Eastern European bodega place. And uh, yeah, one of the sandwich girls, her name was Yasmina and she was just sassy as all hell. Her and Jake fireworks. Oh God, we would, we would go at it. Fireworks. Um, I would be pretty hungover. Um, but uh, yeah, veggie world. Good spot. Okay. I ordered uh, my Cole sandwich Tucker. with a full uncut pickle every time. Is that still the best bang for your buck sandwich you've ever seen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it, it was. I think I think the only thing that could rival it is like a ninety-nine cents bacon, egg, and cheese. But I mean, again, we're different animals. Know, that's a sliding scale. Yeah, different genre. Veggie World was having like a a cheap quarterback that could win you a game. Uh, you know, a, a ninety-nine cents bacon, egg, and cheese is like a a running back that could bust a screen pass. Like different players. I mean, we would we would uh save half of it. Yeah. Cause it was that big. I actually have a veg tune. I have a picture now it just came up. It's not the best cause it's veggie world, but yeah, you know, oh, there's God. a veggie world sandwich right there. I mean, that's a, that's a Sammy. That's yeah, it's so good. So good. Jake used to um, order BBD and he'd be like, all right, can I get some Turkey, some cheese, some maters, five, 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 eight, four, two, seven, three, uh, Mayo mustard. <laughs> cause she was writing it all down. And then eventually the they got e- they got each other's numbers. Yasmina. And then Spend we showed up once and she was playing with me. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Not that mine. baby's probably oh. old now. She's probably got like an eight year old kid. Oh yeah. Um, wonder if the kid's a fan. Thanks for listening. Yasmina's kid. Um, Cole Tucker. Um, if you didn't understand that tidbit a second ago is because we, <laughs> we interviewed him for talking baseball. He's a shortstop on the pirates, former first round pick cup of coffee last year, uh, big hair. Uh, one of the best personalities I've ever just seen in a human and like a brief period of time. Is that fair? Yeah. Best I mean, just friend of all time, just joyous. Um, he's the best, you know, s- smart, good head on his shoulders. So we did an interview with him. That'll be out on Talking Baseball soon, Friday, we think. Friday. Um, but uh, so afterwards, he uh, he texted Ploof, who had been texting him to set it up, and Ploof was and he texted. And he's like, "Hey, you know, give 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 the guys my number. Love talking to you. Blah blah blah." He said. And so that? normally, I get it. Like you know, yeah. And so normally, I think it's kind of, you know. It's like, okay, here's my number, but like, you know, don't fucking text me. Um, Cole Tucker didn't seem like that guy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the cheese. Like if I've got the opportunity, I'm going to put myself out there. I really like this guy. Um, So I just texted him. I was like, hey, man, you know, it's great talking to you. 
Uh, if you ever need someone to bury the bodies for you, let me know. Um, and he, uh, so there's like a, a five minute delay. He responded like crying emoji. He's like, awesome dude. Like, um, great talking you boys. Um, ho hopefully we catch up with you soon, whatever. And then Jim, I did steal something that's kind of technically out of your playbook. And I want to apologize. I didn't realize I didn't read that text that Ploof said where he said, pass my number along. I was yeah. like, damn, Ploof, you didn't block out his number. And I, I thought about saving it. And then I was like, that's creepy. I'll, I'll let that slide. But now I got Cole Tucker's number. So that's great. That's great. Text him after every home run. Nice home run, right. bro. Um, What'd you steal Huge from home me? run, man. Um, but yeah, we could, I mean, we, we might not have to pay the cameo fee to get Cole Tucker videos. But anyways, um, so what I stole from you, and not to give too much away from the interview, but Cole Tucker mentioned at one point that uh, him and his, some of his buddies, who are guys you probably know if you follow baseball, uh, they like to watch music videos. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, you know, throw on the YouTube app and watch some music videos. Or it wasn't, it wasn't even music videos. What was referenced was like a badass concert scene. Um, and Jimmy, there's something you opened up my eyes to that I think is one of the most badass concert entrances of all time. And I sent it to Cole Tucker. Kid Rock. Yeah. Can we watch that? I mean, I know you have to. Um, so if you want to click to the seven seven minute mark, because that's when it starts. It's Kid Rock um, at um, what's the festival? Woods Woodstock '99. It's at seven minutes. Yeah, it's uh, I, there's one of those clicky links below it that's seven minutes ten seconds. But I mean, seven seven minutes might give us a little time to hype it up for BBD even more. The full concert, seven minutes. Oh uh, no! Like the full video is like an hour, I know, no, I know. but it okay, starts okay, at the okay. seven minutes. I have it. I yeah. need to put it on the screen, and then I need yeah. to take my headphones out so yeah. everyone can hear it. Yo, what did so Cole BBD. say about this? It's it's the best. Oh, he loved it. Um, obviously, I mean, he I could have sent him a picture of like I don't know a leaf on the ground, and he would have loved it. He's that kind of guy, but he he was he was all about it. I said. uh, I was like, oh, by the way, seven minute mark of this is one of the best entrances in concert history. He said, wow, that is so pimp. Woodstock 99 looked legendary. Yeah. All right. So if you talk now, there's going to be a brutal echo because I'm taking out my uh, headphones. Okay. And I won't talk. You set it up for BBD. Here we go. It's uh, BBD. Just watch. It's amazing. Some tits on the screen there. I mean, that is, yeah. there's just nothing better, man. I don't even if like Kid not, Rock that much. Like I've never no. put on Kid Rock to listen to his music. 
But like, there's no better entrance to a concert. It's Kid Baby, bam! It's Kid Rock. <laughs> it's so it's, good. It's this beautiful. If you're watching on YouTube, you're welcome. Uh, if you're listening on podcasts or somewhere else, Kid Rock walks on stage on like just the biggest pimp fur coat ever uh, with a cane after seven minutes of buildup, by the way, yeah. for a Woodstock crowd. Um, and then he takes off the giant fur coat. He's wearing an all red outfit, a red Detroit Tigers jersey with red leather pants. And then he just lets it and ball with the ball is the perfect song. Yeah. Uh, to just drop a, my name is Ken. The it's, it's an unrivaled entrance and you brought this to my attention. So I, I, I give you credit for that. Um, it's, it's a tough entrance to ever beat. I, I thought it was, uh, I think, I think I, we did that on like one of the first ever episodes of John Boy Jake radio. Probably. Yeah, when I showed Probably. you that the first time. Because um, it's it's incredible. And, dude, it ties back to one of my favorite conversations, which I've definitely referenced a bunch of times in this. But, like like you're saying, like, not into Kid Rock. I think he's actually starting to do, like, kind of bad guy stuff. Maybe it's political bad guy Wasn't stuff. I don't shooting know. shooting ovens or something like that, this guy? I forget. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is a game that we played once in our group chat, and it's stuck in my head forever, is, like, a time and a place that you'd want to party with a certain person or group of people. Like when kid rock was at his peak and like the King of Detroit, like I bet kid rock, like shut down some nightclubs, shut down streets. Yeah, um, he's a pretty talented musician I, too. He's, he's done like, he's done like gospel. He's done country he's done rap. Good. He's done rock. Like I don't really enjoy his music, but I do appreciate how versatile his career has been. Yeah, I think I think he's kind of heading off the deep end, but yeah, I mean, you know, ball with the ball, and then like I put your picture away, sat down and cried the day. <laughs> I mean, that's just a good lyric. Yeah, really good. All right, I mean, that's the half, and we're already an hour into the show and haven't done any news or bet of the day. What happened, dude? We um, I don't know Tuesday. Tuesday's episode was shot. We started talking baseball and veggie world. And I mean, look what happens. Do we want to do it or do we just want to close this out? Uh, get one newer story in. Oh. Newer story. Well, it's six o'clock. Time for the news. The Canadian Post just delivered a package ordered eight years ago. Disney World sets a July 11th reopening date. A man cleared in rural New South Wales in a sex fantasy machete break-in mix-up. What? In rural New South Wales, there was a sex fantasy machete break-in but it was just a mix-up, and the man has been cleared, is what I'm getting there. Overturned semi-spills 430,000 pounds of dry pasta. Someone tagged me in this on Reddit, and it was like another overturned truck, so I must have had a take on overturned trucks a while back that I forget, or we talked about this. It was the carrot, carrot place. There was a bunch of carrot trucks that were overturning. It was like the third time. And oh, that one yeah, California that same town, road. Time in a three-month period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, alligator rumored to have been Hitler's dies in Moscow. I read the news today. 
Um, yeah, we can just keep going. Like we have something at at noon, right? But we can push that too. So I'm fine. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll I'll help you out. I mean, Disney World opens July 11. We don't need to talk about that. I mean, don't that's, care. Yeah. Uh, so hey, that's did you out. see like? Um, well, now I'm opening it up to a discussion. Maybe I should skip. Right. This. Okay. Okay. I'm out. Hitler's Gator do something for you? Well, we put that as the title of the video, so if anyone's been okay. like riding out that, what's, I don't even what's get meant it. How, how long do gators live? An alligator that many people believe once belonged to Adolf Hitler has died in the Moscow Zoo. The zoo said the alligator named Saturn was about 84 years old when he died on Friday. According to the zoo, Saturn was born in the United States and later sent to the Berlin Zoo, from which he escaped when he was when the zoo was bombed in 1943. His whereabouts were unknown until 1946 when British soldiers found him and gave him to the Soviet Union, the zoo said. Almost immediately, the myth was born that he was allegedly in the collection of Hitler and not in the Berlin Zoo, the zoo said in the statement. But it noted, animals are not involved in war and politics and it is absurd to blame them for human sins. Who stated that? Who wrote that into the statement? The zoo... What zoo is this from? The Moscow Zoo? The Moscow Zoo, human beings that run the Moscow Zoo, wrote, make note, animals are not involved in war and politics and it is absurd to blame them for human sins. Hey, Moscow Zoo. Duh. Weirdos. Why would you ever need to tell anyone that? Who are you fighting? Outside of the monkey fucking the frog video. That's on my all-time hate list. That sentence st- struck the same nerve that pains me every day in my life now. Animals are not involved in war and politics, and it's absurd to blame them for human sins? No shit. Maybe, wait, wait, hold on now. Maybe it's because they're animals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Zoo people and animal people are so weird. They're just constantly fighting battles that like no one's on the other side. Who the fuck? You know what? I'll I'll I'll, I'll get back at them. Animals are involved in politics. Yes. That's that's like a hard hard yes. Doesn't Dude, how uh many, how many war crimes has Noodle committed? No, but isn't the elephant like a, a political party? Elephant is quite literally that's the Republicans, right? I, don't, I hate politics with a... Democrats are the donkeys? Yeah. Yeah, Democrats are donkeys and Republicans are elephants. Democrats got a bad break with that. So those what animals are... How did they Why become... The animal that's called an ass. What? Donkey was a bad pick. Yeah. Did someone choose Democrats that? Democrats need a rebrand. Okay, we're getting off the deep end. See? discussion how did they get I the donkey fucking, but I, I i hate the moscow zoo there i'm boycotting the moscow zoo because they think humans are blaming animals for war and i can't go i can't give money to a place that's dumb as rocks isn't it always crazy to think about animals that live a long life gator's yeah. been around 84 years what's his day to day just eat and survive yeah same as always Eat and not be eaten for 84 years. Yeah. That's miserable. Big ass feet on this gator, man. 
Holy smokes. I've never like eyed down a gator's foot before. Mm. It's scary. I mean, look at this foot, dude. That's a scary gator foot. Dude, I mean, anytime you see a reptile and like, I think there's people out there that are like dinosaur truthers that dinosaurs didn't exist. What the fuck do you think an alligator is? That's just a little dinosaur. Oh yeah, when I lived, remember when I had the roommate who um, had chickens, like egg hatches? You know, we had like an incubator with eggs and then they hatched and then we had chickens in our garage. So I got to see that process. I'm thankful for that. And then I, I had one of the chicks. I would bring it to my desk and just hang out with it every now and then shit everywhere. They're cute for like four days. Then they become a farm animal inside your house. Right. But those things are dinosaurs. Yeah. Chicken feet, dinosaurs. So anyway, screw the Moscow Zoo. Um, they took a story about an alligator that was rumored to be Hitler's and made it about their dumb brains. So we don't like them. Done. Next story. Also, that gator wasn't Hitler's. It was just loose for four years. Yeah, like they say right in the middle of the article, the myth started immediately. (laughs) People are just dumb, man. A man from Toronto received a package that he says he had ordered online eight years ago after a Canada Post delivery person rang his doorbell on May 6th. Elliot Berenstein said he found a package from the online retailer well.ca sitting on his doorstep. He initially felt confused as he had not ordered anything from the website for many years. I opened up inside was an invoice from 2012 and it was a tube of brile cream I ordered in 2012. What the fuck is brile cream? Brile cream? It's hair cream. So, I mean, was uh, the question is, was this shipment lost for eight years or was this back-ordered for eight years and they sent it? This is a marketing ploy. Yeah. It's either, it's either you know, completely fake or Brile Cream got a new head of marketing and they're like, how can we drum yeah. up some publicity? Why don't we resend six-year-old orders out to like 20 people? There's going to be another one coming up soon. I got a, a six-year-old order from Brile Cream as well. And yeah. Then, and then the world will be like, hmm. You know, the trick of this advertising campaign, Jake, is you can only have one hit. You get multiple yeah. hits, people know your game. I'm on to them, Brile Cream. Good Ben Pelizzi face right there. You, yeah. got, you guys thought your shipping was bad. Look at this. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the jokes and faces are kind of retreads with him. The first time I saw it, I was funny. And then the 10th, I was like, well, that's the same thing. Running through a lot of the same stuff. What's this stuff called? Brile cream? I still enjoy it sometimes. Same. It's hit or miss. We're probably just as hit or miss. Everyone is. Dude, how about that Theo Vaughn quote I sent you last night? I tweeted it too. It's a good one. I mean, it got me so good. It's quick. It was like wildly quick. It's quick. Logan Paul says, you know, he kissed a dude in acting class. Theo says, what was his name? Was it Sean? He says, no, it was Kyle. It was Tyler. And Theo Vaughn immediately just goes, Tyler? That's crazy, bro. Are you on a beach? I'm not kissing a Tyler Inland. <laughs> what? Yeah. You never, if you're kissing a guy named Tyler, you got to do it near the beach. Never inland. 
someone responded to it. I tweeted out the clip because I was just like, that's so fucking funny. He was like, I, someone explained this joke to me. And like, it's there's no explanation. Yeah. It's just a funny thought process. It's just something you feel in your heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Theo has a reason he said that. Something pops in his brain. Yeah. To explain it to you is an impossibility. Yeah. What was this stuff called? Brile cream? I'm trying to Google it. If you're on land and someone tells you kiss Tyler, you're not doing it. If you're next to a body of water, you're kind of like, whatever. Yeah. Out to sea, it's done. So if I Google Brile cream and then click images... Oh, wow. It's like uh, old ass cream, like uh, 1950s haircut shit. Like turns your hair into, you know, you can't run a comb through it type shit. Mm. We had to explain to my dad, you see, how to use like hair paste and stuff. Because my dad was still like, you see this stuff? I mean, was that made in... Like, what? It's like old, man. Brow cream's been around forever, I guess. Like, you know, this is a World War II ad. Don't let your daily dip cause dry hair. So, like, it was when you just wanted your hair to look wet all the time, you know? Like a greaser. Not it's, good. It's probably just grease. So, anyway, my dad was still doing, you know, gel, which really, like, weights it down, that goopy stuff. And we are like, try the paste, Dad. You're a paste guy. I'm a paste guy. Too greasy. Yeah. Overturned semi spills 430 pounds of dry pasta. Is there a cool picture that goes with this story? Better be. Ads don't run on this page. Um, well, there is a cool picture. Okay, let me throw it up. It's a lot of pasta, man. Look at that. That's a lot of pasta. Yeah. You know what you do? You go, you scoop all this up, right? You scoop all this up. You find an elderly home and you just patch Adams it and pool full of pasta. Donate it. Yeah, I think I think the elderly home are staying away from stuff kind of off the street for now, but. No, Jake. They're living their best lives right now. Basically. Okay. Basically, no, like, you got... No regard. No regard, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some elderly homes, someone coughs, everyone runs. And that's understandable. Yeah. Other elderly homes, Viagra usage has gone up, condom usage has gone down, and they're just fucking. And that's understandable, too. You know? And, and there's a guy out there well. in the wrong home. And he desperately wants to be in the other home. So he's coughing his butt off to try and get kicked out and go to the new one. Butt coughs. Yeah. Literally, you know, when they cough at that age, they don't know what's coming out of where. It's a very scary thing. Oh, yeah. We did the alligator. We did the overturned semi. Disney World we don't care about. The sex thing is kind of weird. It's in New South Wales. I lived there, so I'm probably an expert. Mm. Two men... Hired to carry out a stranger's sexual fantasy of being tied up while clad in his underpants went wrong. Oh, he went to the wrong New South Wales rural address with machetes, but politely left after realizing their mistake. 
So someone hired two dudes to come to his house, tie him up, and just like, you know, do fetish shit. And those two dudes showed up at the wrong house. Mm. Just a mix-up. I mean, this is a great excuse. Like, hey, let's go rob the neighbors. If he's home, we'll just say, I ordered you to come tie me up and no harm, no foul. If he's not home, we'll rob the shit out of him because they're cleared. They're like, oh, you were just going to do some fetish shit for that dude? All good. No problem. So that's a great excuse now. I'll show up at someone's house, rob them, and then you're my alibi if the cops get on to me. And you're like, no, I paid him to come rob me. I'm into feeling, you know, a lack of control and security. Yeah. He just showed up at the wrong apartment. Jim, a broom handle's involved, which I know you have experience with that. Uh, but the quote the quote that got me was, he was willing to pay $5,000 if it was, quote unquote, really good, the judge said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is that? I mean, that's, you know, that's a sliding scale right there. That's how you're going to get yourself in bad nego- negotiations. Yeah, that's, uh, if it was really good, I could have went 5K. Yeah, yeah, it was good, it went really good. So, 4K. Someone said in the chat it's pronounced Brill Cream, not Brile Cream. My bad. What a, what a flex. Bet of the day. It's the bet of the day. Bet of the day. Bet of the day. Jakey, Jakey. Uh, you took the under. Are we betting games on the weekend? Does the Bundesliga only play on the weekends? No, they, they played yesterday. It was a loser. It was a loser. So I won. Un, my undefeated streak is over. Mine has just begun. We've only just begun. Hey, do you have the do you have the stats from this game, BBD? Did that did that uh, did that awful striker score? Because that's what I oh, that was. Your guy score? Because I said he was so mean that he was going to score and get the over. Because he was just such a little yeah. bit. He's just such a little punk looking dude. See if I could get there. I was tracking it yesterday. So this was the Dusseldorf Schalke game. Mm-hmm. Um, and who scored? Uh, no, I don't think your guy scored. Who's your guy? Tommy, right? He had, he no, had a first no, name fuck, too. No, Eric fuck Tommy. Tommy. Eric Tommy's a piece of shit. It was Rowan Hennings. Hennings? Hennings scored. I thought Tommy was the bad guy. We did no. that whole thing on him. Two first names. No, no, no. Evil. I, Tommy looked like, Tommy looked like, guy. he thinks he's scary, but he's not. Hennings. Uh, Hennings was the redhead, like... Uh, me and BBD have the story different. No, you don't. Look. I remember you saying Tommy sucks, but I don't remember mentioning the other guy. Okay, well, do you remember this face? Yes, but we thought that the was the other guy. Well, I can't control your misconceptions. It clearly says Rowan Hennings underneath Well, it's his just name. because you told us, and then we had a conversation about it. So no, I'm no, happy I said, you now, I said, but you told us that was Eric Tommy. No, 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 no. I said, I did not say that. I said that their striker okay. isn't Eric Tommy. Good, because Eric Tommy looked like a little bitch. And then I clicked on their striker, Hennings, and I said, ooh, he's scarier than Tommy. 
And I knew right. he was. You just didn't ha- tell us that was a different person. I did. You're just forgetting. I'm I happy cleared. for you. I did, and I was right. That how many how many goals did Henning score? He had one. Such a psychopath, this dude. Scary guy. Yeah. What's your bet today? Um, yeah, and it was, uh, it was a bullshit goal. Um, yeah, I mean we're staying Bundesliga. Like just I mean four and one is fine. Any 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 gambler take that. Uh, the games are now. Uh, I mean they do a Friday night, Saturday, and I think maybe some Sunday action. So I'm gonna go back to uh, one of our favorite teams the John Boy special and it's been a Thursday bet of the day tradition Wolfsburg VFL Wolfsburg Wolfsburg nice Wolfsburg is playing Eintracht Frankfurt um that's Eintracht Frankfurt um it's even money for Wolfsburg to win and I think they need a win because if I remember correctly they lost over the weekend um so I'm just going VFL Wolfsburg to win over Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, they haven't matched up yet. Or no, they did back in November, Jake. And Wolfsburg got the got the win, 2-0. So that was good. And, and Wolfsburg, you know, they've been playing well. They just beat uh, Leverkusen on Tuesday. Cowboys Wolfsburg. Yeah, big on Wolfsburg. I was on them last time. Eintracht Frankfurt, they tied last game. And Bayern kicked their ass before that. And Montreal back kicked their ass before that. And Basel kicked their ass before that. And Leverkusen kicked their ass before that. Before that, they tied. Then they lost. They haven't had a win since February 20th. Mm. Eintracht Frankfurt. And Wolfsgang has too much pride. They're terrible. I've never heard of Eintracht, and I've heard of Wolfsburg. So, Yeah, Wolfsburg's got way too much pride to lose to a bunch of pathetic losers like the Frankfurts. So uh, I'm with you in that case. You're going on Wolfsburg as well? Wolfsburg. Jake is stupid, but he's smart. And that's easy. Wolfsburg. Cool. Got it. It's done. Hope hope everyone has a good weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend. Is today Thursday? Oh, yeah, we won't see you again until Tuesday. So enjoy your weekend. Goodbye. Love you. Try your hardest. Do your best. See ya.